Welcome to the Authority Hacker Podcast, the place to learn field-tested, no BS tactics to growth hack your online business, and finally, live life on your own terms. Now, your host, Gael and Mark. Hey guys, Mark here. Welcome to the fifth and final episode of the Grow Your Site mini-series. Today, we're talking about selling info products. The show notes for today, as well as all the other episodes in this series, are available at authorityhacker.com forward slash grow. Just before we get started, I want to give you guys a final heads up about the free training webinar we're running this Sunday. If you want to join, you absolutely must register. It's free to do so, and it takes just a few seconds. Go to authorityhacker.com forward slash training. We're going to show you guys the five steps to start and scale your own fleet of highly profitable authority sites. It's going to be held this Sunday. That's the 14th of May, 2017 at 8 p.m. London, 3 p.m. New York. You have to register so we can send you your login details and spaces are going very, very quickly. Head on over to authorityhacker.com slash training to sign up now. And now here's today's podcast. All right, so today we are talking about selling info products. And I know uh, for some people it may seem like outdated or like not sexy or whatever, but the truth is you can make a lot of money selling info products, and that's why we like it. The profit margins are, you know, out of this world because, you know, you're selling the info product, which can be in different formats. It can be an ebook, it can be a video course, it can be an audio course as well, or it can be like, you know, PDFs and stuff like that. It's really high profit margin. You you may be selling that for like between seven bucks and you know a thousand bucks, depending on whatever you're selling. And the only costs to you are well, you were like the support. You have maybe the subscriptions that's what you're using. It's recommended to use some of them. Like it's hard to set it up for for like a hundred percent free. Like if you want a good checkout experience and so on. Maybe like ClickBank or something. You could do that though. Yeah, but like you know, you still pay fifty bucks upfront plus ten percent of transactions. Yeah. So there's always a cost, you know, and yeah, that's basically what you're gonna pay for. The rest is the better rest is free, which is what I like. The other th- reason why people probably don't do it as much as like say Amazon affiliates or something like that is because it's it's more delayed gratification. Like there's more work to put up front before you you know see money come in. And most importantly, it's not something you can necessarily do right away. Like I would recommend that people. At this point, when they launch an info product, they have scaled info content, they have decent traffic to it. Not necessarily affiliate content, I'm talking informational content, content that doesn't necessarily sell anything, but reflects to you know the topic of your website and that you've been doing some work on collecting emails and building some kind of audience. And you're at the point where you're like emailing your new blog posts to your audience and, and kind of engaging them with that. That's, this was what, this was yeah. like one of my biggest first like early on internet marketing failures or like uh, mistakes rather. The very first website I started, or I think it was actually the second one I started, but the first like info based one I started in two thousand and nine, I think it was. Within a week, I think of starting the site, I had just like five ten blog posts up. I started making the ebook, which is absolutely the wrong time to do it. I had hardly any traffic at that point, and my time would have been much better suited working on, you know, getting it, getting things going, getting the traffic generation going. Well, you know, I mean, the way we do it, that's definitely the way you want to go. Some people, you know, the people that are really good at Facebook ads, for example, 
it's less important because they're able to just buy the traffic and essentially having the product allows them to build the audience while getting some of the money they spend on ads back, you know? Yeah. But if you're going the SEO way, which is the way we like to do it, we feel like it's a better return investment. Yeah, you want to have scale like that info content. Like you want like a couple blog posts a week going live on your website probably. And you know, you have your opt-in strategy in place. Maybe you have a basic lead magnet. Maybe you have a basic autoresponder and you're regularly emailing your blog post to your list. At least that's where I would like to be. So, you know, the fact that it's like more work because you need to figure out the product, you need to also set up all the tech, etc. You need to figure out how to sell it. You know, a lot of people, they're good at writing blog posts, but they're not necessarily very good at, at selling stuff and they don't necessarily feel comfortable doing it. Makes it, like, I think that's the reason why less people do it. But when you go and figure it out. I think I would say that's, that's just want to add something else to that. I think that's one of the reasons why most eBooks fail is because the people writing them, they're very good at creating some good content, but then they, they finish writing and they're they're like, okay, I've done that now. But actually, you're just getting started. Most of the work really comes in, like, you know, doing all the sales pages and building all, all these funnels and the technical setup and stuff, as you said. Yeah. You know, it's daunting if it's the first time you do it. And it's yeah. not necessarily going to be super great the first time you do it. But, you know, we have, for defense, like when we launched the Drusing ebook on Help Ambition, it was literally the product was a rehash of blog posts on the site, you know, re-edited, etc. The sales page was literally just a template from Thrive Content Builder, and then the checkout was ClickBank, right? So, you know, and it was not perfect, and that funnel started at $2,500 per month, so it is good money. And that's, you know, these info products I was talking to a friend of ours, Kevin from HPro, actually, who is doing quite well with his site right now, and he's moving into full-time for that, etc. And he was like, look, I'm, I can cover my bills, but, like, it's not necessarily... Like, I don't have a lot of money after that to reinvest. And I was like, he, he really knows his topic. He's into gardening. He really knows his topic. And so I was like, yeah, but like your, your audience really follows you, like your Facebook page, like you post pictures of your own stuff, etc. It's like you're, you're a real authority in that. Why don't you do an ebook? And I'm pretty sure he'll be able to generate like an extra $2,000 per month from his site from an ebook. And that 2000 bucks is the money that will probably give him both the opportunity of paying for his bills get do that full time and at the same time have a couple thousand dollars per month to reinvest in his site which should give him some decent growth and as he makes more money he can just reinvest more and grow that so you know these info products they can be the the monetization stack that you know takes it from something that barely pays the bill to something that gives you enough money to comfortably both pay the bills and spend in growth and that's where you want to be it's like that, that's the tipping point where you can really grow a lot so before we get into the part where we talk about when to launch an info product, yeah, I just want to say it's not passive income. And also that's probably why a lot of people jump, don't jump into that as well. Because like there's customer support, you know, people will want, you know, sometimes refunds, sometimes people have, will have questions. Sometimes stuff will be not will not be covered in your ebook that maybe should and you'll need to go and re-edit or re-add content or answer the questions. You need to take care of sales and promotion and, you know, that's the kind of stuff that dies out if you let it age without taking care of it. If you want to make more money, you're going to have to tweak and optimize it. So that means you start doing a bunch of analytics, A-B testing, recreating a bunch of pages and emails you do, et cetera, et cetera. And then you need to also work on your traffic acquisition if you want to grow. So that can be through, you know, SEO by creating informational content, as we mentioned, all that can be through, you know, figuring out new ways of getting traffic, such as recruiting affiliates or PPC or that kind of stuff. So another thing that I see from a lot of people when they create their first info product is, you know, they want to create the best ebook ever. And as I said, 
you know, health ambition, the first ebook was literally a rehash of blog posts. And when I we will- say rehash, by the way, we actually mean we literally took the blog posts and almost word for word, like 99% of it was the same, just put them all in, wrote an introduction and a few kind of paragraphs here or there to join everything up. And so nobody complained, right? And people felt like there was, was value as all well. Of, all of that content was available for free on the website. The value in the, you might ask that, okay, so what's the point in creating the ebook? What's the value there? The value doesn't have to be in coming up with some brand new idea that nobody's ever thought of before. The value can actually just be in organizing information that, you know, is in the public domain and presenting it in like a a succinct, actionable and easy to understand manner. That is actually almost more value than coming up with some brand new tool or technique or strategy for accomplishing a goal. Yeah, and people are, you know, as I said, really happy. Like we had pretty very low refund rate even for the for the ebook when we launched it in this format initially, and you know people were literally reporting on progress they made, etc. So it doesn't mean it takes away from the value. Just it was an easy, convenient way for us to get started and have more energy to put on the marketing rather than on the product creation because we already had done the content on the blog. So let's just jump into when you should get into that. So first of all, as we said earlier, there's some prerequisites, which is you scaled info content and you've started collecting emails. We cover all these things in Authority Hacker Pro. So if you're at the point where you just have a review site, then I would suggest you look at what we have to offer next week in HPro because we actually cover these things. But once you are there, you know, a lot of people jump right away into like, oh, I'm going to write an ebook and just, just write, right? First of all, the one thing I like to do is, well, you have an email list that you can talk to and recommend products to. And it's quite likely that your industry already has input products that will probably cover topics fairly similar to the ones you're going to be covering in yours. And so what I like to do is I like to become an affiliate for these products because that allows you to get a feel for what your audience is interested in. So, for example, like before we did the juicing ebook, we actually were promoting a juicing ebook offer on ClickBank. And I think they were paying like $10 per sale or something. And it's not like we got rich out of it. No, it wasn't very good. And they they didn't have a very good sales page and stuff. But the point is, it already existed. And we're able to make a few sales here and there through it. And that gave us kind of the confidence to like, okay, well, if we do it ourselves, our own branding, better sales pages, like we kind of know what we're doing a bit for that. So we use that as a kind of like way of testing it without having to build out our own sales pages or um, yeah. the product. Uh, it first. told us that if we spend 50, 60, 100 hours building stuff for that funnel, you know, we'll probably be able to make some sales. And if we do a good job, we'll be able to generate more value, which at the end we were able to generate like four or five times more value. But yeah, if you are able to find affiliate offers in your market that are quite related to the topic, Try to send that to your email list and try to send a couple of emails to see, you know, is can I generate at least a couple of sales? Then after that, another thing I like to do is I like to poll the audience. So like that is one thing we did a, like a long time ago and I have a feeling we should redo it actually. But that's this simple email where you email people and you say just how can I help you? And you just put that in there and then you wait for people to reply and you know tell them what they have issues with. obviously like don't say how can i help you in your life in general like in that case we'd say how can i help you with juicing or notary hacker would be like how can we help you build passive income with authority sites that kind of stuff and 
you'd be surprised. It's like the, when we sent that email, I remember we were like, ah, you know, I don't think anyone's going to reply. And then we sent it and we got hundreds of replies. So, uh, you know, you can actually take notes of what are the common problems people have, what people need help with, etc., so that you get a good feel for what will actually be convincing people to, you know, trade money for information, uh, in that case for your informational products. So another thing you can do as well is you can have a, a, a survey. So like I would probably build that on Gravity Forms because we use WordPress a lot. And I'll offer like a $100 gift card to a random person that fills the survey. And I would either email it to the email list or I would just retarget people that went on the site and spend like 100 bucks to get people to give me feedback. So like my market research budget is 200 bucks. 100 for the um, for the Amazon gift card, 100 to rich people, and then probably I'll make it a bit more expensive because there is a, a reward behind it. So that's maybe something that you want to do after you send the how can I help you email. If you want more details, then you, you build that. Another thing you can do with that survey as well is you can maybe expand on like other areas that people are interested in. So like let's say we are in health, right? But I'm sure a lot of people that read health admission they'd be interested in like saving money in daily expenses, like household. And I'm sure a lot of people that read us, you know, they're into couponing and that kind of stuff. And so what this does is you can actually start asking them, like, what other areas are, are you interested in and have them tick boxes and, you know, put a bunch of maybe verticals where there are affiliate offers. And I really like doing that. And this way you can find affiliate offers that are not necessarily in your industry, but that are interesting people that read you. And so you would be able to promote more things. Now, once you have a good feel for what people want, what you go for next is probably like reading forums and like things like Quora and, you know, look at how your competitors actually sell products as well, even if they don't have an info product, but essentially like go to Hangout where the people that talk about that stuff hang out. And Quora is a really good place to go. Reddit is a really good place to go. Industry forums are a really good place to go. And, you know, especially Reddit and Quora because they're so general and you will most likely find discussion around the topic that you're going to be covering. Then you can write down the questions that keep coming back and start adding it to essentially your notepad of everything you've been writing down about your audience, what they want, what they're interested in, what are the other markets they're interested in. Well, questions they ask on the topic on Quora and Reddit and on the forums. One thing I would probably say as well is if you're really serious about building a high-quality info product, reading the bestseller in your industry is probably a good idea. So I think it's like there's like Eating Dirt, for example. That's an interesting one for us from Dr. Axe. I've not finished reading it, but I've actually read a bunch of uh, parts of it for Health Ambition. I just... It's a good way to see how your competitors also tackle these topics. Also, write down the... Um, the table of contents, I really like looking at tables of content in a preview for Kindle books on Amazon. It gives you a good idea of like what you should put in your info products, etc. Put all of that in your notes, essentially, and have a big brainstorm notepad. I think you use OneNote for that, right? Yeah, yeah. Sales pages are actually another good place to look for kind of information and like arguments there. Yeah, so I like to put all that stuff in Workflowy. Workflowy.com is free for up to like 50,000 nodes, which is a lot. Mark uses one node, so up to you. But essentially, you build that build big brainstorm kind of a clutter of data that you're going to have to get back into and you know sort out after. And, and that's probably the step that you would probably do after is basically build 
parts of things you need to tackle. So like maybe in juicing, there will be a part about weight loss. There will be a part about, you know, general health. Maybe there will be a part about, you know, being careful of the amount of sugar you, you ingest because, well, fruits have sugar and you get a lot of, you, when you juice a lot of fruits, actually a lot of sugar. Maybe we'd have a part about what to do with, you know, the, the leftover after you just like you get all this pulp from the fruits etc what to do with that maybe some recipes to go with that and maybe a step-by-step plan because that's what people have been asking on coral um, on reddit or something like people they, they're looking for something to follow so essentially like you take all these things that are kind of all over the place and you build these logical blocks and then within each logical block then you zoom into the information and the urls that you found before and you start to produce some kind of outline of the different chapters that will be inside your info product. And once you have your chapters, if you have done a really good job, you know, sorting it out, um, you can either write yourself if you're the expert, but that's, you can also outsource. If you have the blueprint and you're like, okay, I want a section on juicing for weight loss and here's the 15 questions this section needs to answer. But it's not very hard to go to, to a writer and uh, just, you know, give him that and have him write high quality content, especially since at this point, hopefully you've scaled info content, meaning you have the writers that can do that kind of stuff. But if you don't structure properly, then you'll end up with a pretty garbage product. So it's very important. You spend a lot of time structuring. To be honest, that's like most of what I do every day, <laughs> just like structuring tough stuff in workflow and explaining it to writers. And, uh, and, you know, they actually end up writing better than you would. So that's essentially building your info product. Obviously, you will have some kind of layer of addition and back and forth and how you would probably do it with any kind of content, but we're probably not going to go through that. Eventually, once you're done editing, you either you, you output it in the format you want. I would say the easiest one is a PDF. You can literally do that on Google Docs if you want. So it's not like you need amazing software or anything. Or if yes, you need- actually, that's a good point I, uh, because it's something kind of another mistake we've we've learned recently. Not so much on Authority Hacker, but on Health Ambition, where we've had people have to log in and give yeah. them gen- make passwords and all that kind of stuff. That creates a whole sort of other headache with customer support. Um, a lot of people in the B2C space are, you know, just more used to putting in their card details or PayPal and then landing on the download page for the, the PDF or the, the ebook. Um, yeah, they'd just be happier with that, really. Yeah. So, so, you know, especially if it's your first info product, I would probably just do a couple of PDFs, you know. Well, and we're going to talk about the structuring, actually. So I said a couple of PDFs. I didn't say one PDF. And the reason for that is because if you want to make good money from your funnel, you can't just sell it like someone would sell something on Amazon in the sense that it's like, oh, check, like you want this, click here, check out, etc. What makes good money in these info products funnels is to build these kind of upsell paths. So you, you, build a, you build a first product, you sell what we call in front end, which is the first product people see and that's public. And then when they just checked out, they land on a page that says, hey, you just got this juicing product. If you want, you can also purchase the recipes ebook that goes with it. It's not necessary, but it would, you know, make the experience better and give you more information. Click here to add it to your order. And then you have that technology that's one click upsells. Essentially, people click, yes, add it to my order. And what this does is it's charging them right away without having to go through a checkout again. And it's mm-hmm. added to their order. So these uh, upsell paths are quite important to figure out. And so... What is usually recommended is to build uh, at least one product that is complementary 
to your main one. So in that example, I said, you know, maybe you get the 30-day plan for juicing, and then the upsell will be complementary recipes, ebook, or maybe, you know, juicing for, like, you know, maintaining the lifestyle in the long term, not just for the diet or stuff like that, that will, you know, feel relevant to people that just bought it and use that one-click upsell technology to maybe sell it for, like, $17, the first ebook in the front end, and then on the one-click upsell, maybe sell it for $37, right? And if, you know, 50% of people take it, you make around double the money. And that's that's a good way to really increase your sales. And that is the power of these info product funnels. So it's worth having at least one upsell behind. A lot of people chain like two, three, four of these behind and do things like offering maybe a recurring subscription. So you can be like, okay, now you have the dressing ebook, you have the recipes, Thing. Now, we also have a monthly newsletter with, you know, everything that we add, we discover that's new in the juicing community or maybe like some features of what our members tried and success stories to motivate you, etc. Communities are other big ones as well, like Facebook yeah. groups you can offer and webinars and that kind of stuff. And, you know, you can say that's going to cost you $10 a month and people click yes and automatically their credit cards added to a $10 a month subscription. Obviously, like, you know, it's easy to buy it, but you should make it equally easy for people to refund. That's the, you know, that's how you maintain your ethics in that kind of funnels. It's like, yeah, it's easy to buy it, but within usually 30 to 60 days, if people ask, you know, regret their purchase or want to change, they have buyer remorse, you should give them their money back equally easily. Like, unlike many, what many other people do, uh, we really care about that. So you will want to, uh, after you build your initial product, kind of like think about that and think about the marketing angle and think about how you can transform a $7 or $20 sell into a $100 sell using upsells. That's really powerful. And that's going to be conditioning something we're going to talk about a little bit later, which is the technical setup, right? Because a lot of plugins and tools and especially like cheap ones allow you to sell stuff on your website but they don't have this one click upsell mechanic which is going to cost you an absolute ton of money if you don't have it so it's going to be worth spending a little bit more money on software here another thing that we found sells extremely well and you know we we use and abuse it all the time is scarcity so essentially limiting like making a special offer and limiting it in time or quantity usually time is better so when people ask me, like, they, they show me a product they have or something, and they're like, oh, I need to make more sales, etc. I always tell them the easiest to, you know, the easiest CRO tips that worked every single time for us was to add a giant counter counting down to zero above the buy button, right? And for us, so far, I have yet to see an example where it doesn't help. Um, the tr- But the problem is a lot of people, you know, put these giant counters and don't actually follow up on that. So they actually don't close the offer or they don't increase the price or whatever they said would happen at the end of, uh, of the countdown. And that's, once again, not very ethical. It's very easy to be unethical with these things. If you do it ethically, like I don't see any moral issue with having these kind of funnels, but I know a lot of companies, you know, make a lot of money by not refunding properly, by, you know, using fake scarcity, that kind of stuff. I don't think it's correct. And uh, I don't think you should do that. And there is really good technology these days that allows you to do what we call evergreen scarcity. And evergreen scarcity essentially allows you to create a counter per subscriber. So you can say, well, after they subscribe to my email list, start a seven-day timer where they get a $20 discount on my product. And after that, increase the price for real. So people will actually have to pay more 
Uh, we have one of these live on Atari Hacker, so it's probably going to be cut right now, actually, because it's not going to be live during the Age Pro Lounge, but outside of lounge periods, you, should get, you guys should check it out. Uh, and you'll If see- you are an Age Pro member, there's a blueprint on how we set it up as well, so you can check that out as well. Yeah, I mean, all these, co- these concepts we're talking about, like they have blueprints in Age Pro. But yeah, essentially, you, you'll be able to see how that works exactly, and then if you let the countdown get to zero, well, you the price will increase. It increases quite significantly. And it's it's not an easy system to trick. Like you can't just re-sign up with another email. It it still tracks your computer, it still tracks your email, tracks a lot of things to make it hard to trick. I'm not saying it's an it's it's impossible, but it's complicated. It's gonna take a lot of effort to do that. The two tools we use for that, uh, and I'm gonna talk more about tools in a minute, are Thrive Ultimatum or Deadline Funnels. <clears throat> Deadline Funnels being definitely more advanced, Thrive Ultimatum being uh, more affordable and easier to use. Now, let's talk about pricing and how you can sell things, because that's another thing. Like, you know, a lot of people just say, $19, click here to buy, and that's not necessarily very enticing, especially when there's no scarcity. So there's two ways to do that. We talked about the tripwire tactic earlier, which is essentially putting a cheap product on the front end. So something between seven and depending on your industry, like less than $100, basically. And then having these one-click upsells to increase the card value. That's one you can do. But another thing that people do to sell high-ticket ticket items is they use pricing plans and subscriptions. Uh, I see a lot of our competition do that, more than we do. For example, like, you know, people sell a product for $1,000, but it's very hard to sell for $1,000. But what they do is they say, oh, $99 per month for 10 months or something. And a lot more people will take them on the offer. Once again, you need a good shopping cart to be able to do that. If you use something like Easy Digital Download or something, you can't really do that. Or people sell in subscription models. So they're like, you know, only $50 per month, but really that's $600 per year. If people stay like two years, that's $1,200 as a sell. Another thing that works really well, and I know a lot of people use that, but that's a little bit risky, is the $1 trials. You know, like you, you pay $1 and then they say, well, we'll charge you the rest of the money. I don't know if you sell for $50, pay $1 today and pay $49 in seven days. And you can use the refund for 30 days or something. But like essentially you put a $1 checkout page and people check out because they only care about what they pay today. It's a you, little you have bit, to be a bit careful with this. Yeah, it's a, little a bit lot tricky. of people so, don't read the whole page. They just they just see that pay one dollar today and they click. They put their car details in and they buy and they're like, oh, why did you charge me this other amount it's seven days later? You know, is this a scam? Yada yada yada. So there's there generally in cases when we have offered this kind of thing, we're very very generous with like refund policies and you know follow-up support that kind of stuff so yeah even if they pass the deadline of the refund policy it's like it's always better in selling info products to refund people than getting a charge back anyway because if you get charged back essentially people contacting their bank to get their money back everyone can always get their money back and no it's not not always actually there are Uh, are cases when you can prove that they've um actually consumed your your product and that they've uh they followed through on things like yeah it's it's not 100 percent Okay, but you know it's a lot of hassle, essentially, and it's just easier to just refund people and not have, because if you have a lot of these chargebacks, these you know payment processing companies that they, they, they don't like you as much. And I've seen people getting banned from Stripe recently 
because of the amount of charge, chargebacks and refunds they have. So that that tends to be though, like I mean, everyone is going to have chargebacks. Like it just it's just yeah, it's a percentage that yeah. happens. But w- when you get really high ones, it's it tends to be when you're doing something like slightly more shady, unethical, or you know, just not really making people aware of how much they're going to be charged and when. Um, and that that's when those things start really start to be a problem. But for most people, as long as you're kind of open and honest with people, it shouldn't be an issue. Yeah, I've literally seen a competitor have a one-door trial with, you know, very minimum, you know, not explaining very much how much people are going to be charged. And it's like one-door trial for seven days, followed by $499 per month for 12 months. Be a little bit careful with your one-door trials. I don't recommend you do that formula, for example, just because the more gap there is between the one dollar you're asking people as a trial and, you know, the total amount of money you're going to take from them, the more complications you're going to have. Obviously, testing is always a good idea, but these one dollar trials, I believe they work well for things that cost like a hundred dollars or something. Um, that can work well. If you're going to charge thousands of dollars, I don't think a one dollar trial is a very fair way of doing it. It's kind of deceiving, you know. So do it, but, you know, also consider the point of view of the person that purchases and consider they can, you know, they will miss details on your page, etc. cetera, and make it apparent, but even then, they will miss it. And if they do, just refund them, basically. So let's talk about setup because people love tools and we've used a lot of these. So I'm literally going to go through all the types of tools you're going to need and you need quite a bit to set up a good funnel and the ones we use and the, one we, the ones we prefer. So in terms of email, obviously we said you need to have an email list, you need to email your content, and you're gonna need to use email to promote your uh, offer, essentially. We recommend that you don't try to get cold traffic necessarily to the sales page before they have opted in, so you should have their email. It allows you to put them, to email them multiple times about it and you know tackle different angles of it, et cetera. So in terms of email tools, we use ActiveCampaign and we love it. I'm really getting into like the gold tracking in it, et cetera, right now. And it's really quite powerful. It's not the cheapest anymore, but honestly, it's not bad at all. It's it's slightly more expensive than the you know your Aweber or something, but I believe it's it's one of the best out there. The other one I would recommend is probably GetResponse, which is pretty good now. They also have these kind of automations like they have in Active Campaign. It's not as powerful, but there are a lot more less regarding rather affiliate offer promotions. So if you're gonna be mailing a lot of affiliate offers. GetResponse might be a better choice. If you want the full power of crazy marketing automation, then ActiveCampaign is your tool, even though it's going to cost a little bit more. Sales pages, building sales pages. We've historically done it with Thrive Content Builder with great success. Obviously, Thrive Content Builder is kind of like, sometimes it can be a little bit glitchy these days. Actually, talking about that, I was literally playing with the the new version that hopefully will come out in a few months soon and it's so much better. So I am actually sticking with it. But Elementor is also really good. You can check it out. There's actually a free version. Uh, and both of these work on WordPress and allow you to drag and drop build pages and they're pretty good. We'll put I, uh, links to all of these tools, by the way, in the show notes. You can uh, find those at authorityhacker.com forward slash grow. Yeah, so like, you know, TCB has cool stuff like um, because it built it builds into the scarcity element. Like you need some tool to create the scarcity if you're gonna use scarcity, which you should. Even if it costs a little bit of money, you're gonna make so much more money. The two we use, I mentioned it, was Thrive Ultimatum and Deadline Funnel. The good thing is Thrive Ultimatum plugs directly into TCB, so you can literally drag and drop your countdowns in there. And it's very user friendly, very easy to use. However, if you use a 
checkout, and we're going to go into the checkout in a second, that is not hosted on your site or how, you know, for example, we use member mouse and the checkout URL is like uh, authorityhacker.com slash checkout, you know, question mark, ID equals and some kind of numerical ID. And it doesn't allow me to close the checkout page with the, um, with the scarcity. Therefore, it kind of like leaves some kind of open space for the people that were into that, you know, discounted funnel, for example, when we have discounts for Atari Hacker products, and then people could go on the checkout page, save the page, and then come back to it anytime they want. So it's not real scarcity, so I don't like it. We don't use it, so you can't do that. <laughs> we use the other one called Deadline Funnel. This one is a little bit more powerful and more robust. It plugs into Active Campaign via API, and you can trigger these countdowns inside your automation. So I can say, if you visit that page, start a countdown for that person. If you've clicked on a link on an email, start a countdown for that person. If you just subscribe to an event, start a countdown, etc. And it gives me the flexibility that allows me to do pretty much anything I want. And the one thing I really like that Thrive Ultimatum doesn't have, it's the countdowns inside emails. So I'm, you, if you've been in that funnel, you've seen that there is literally a countdown that shows you how much time is left for you for the special offer, and when you click, you go to the sales page. So for all these reasons, I actually like Deadline Funnel better. In that case, I don't recommend Thrive. I think Deadline Funnel does better. However, it's a monthly cost. So you, I think we pay like $69 per month or something for this. But you know, given the amount of sales it generates, I'm more than happy to pay them the money. So once you have that, you have your sales page, you have your scarcity, you have your email, you need your shopping cart. You need people to be able to check out on your website. Two recommendations once again here. I really try to pick recommendations that you know cost more or less money and will fit different profiles. We use MemberMouse as both a membership platform and as a checkout. And if you are a member of Authority Hacker Pro, we actually provide you with a checkout template that you can import in Thrive Content Builder for it. So you can make it look pretty much like the checkout we have on Authority Hacker. So when we do the H Pro launch, you can go check out what it looks like. We give you literally a one-click import template for that. Or lately, I've been playing with Thrivecart, which is kind of like an on-invite-only thing, and we need to become affiliates so we can promote it. But I think I have some kind of a hidden URL I'll give you to put in the show notes. Thrivecart is pretty powerful. It plugs into pretty much any solution you're going to be using, and it has the one-click upsells, same as member mouse. You can put it on your site. It also has an affiliate platform built in, etc. So it's I find it really good. And unlike many other shopping carts, it doesn't cost I don't know hundreds of dollars per month. So for someone that's starting out, it I think it's cost like six hundred dollars lifetime right now, which is really not the end of the world if you're gonna be selling some making some kind of sales. Otherwise, member mouse you can start at nineteen dollars per month. So it's not bad at all if you're if you're looking to start. Product delivery, so like once people have checked out, you need to have some kind of protected member area where people can either download your PDFs or navigate content on WordPress or whatever. Once again, two proposed solutions. Well, member mouse, which we use for shopping cart, is also a membership software. It's actually its main function. So once again, you get you can get the product delivery and shopping cart for $19 per month. Or active members is a new one. It plugs into active campaign. It uses the tags that you have in there, and if you use something like Stripe Cart, you're able to add tags when people purchase, so it plugs smoothly into it. And I think you can get it for like $9 per month right now, so it's not super expensive, but as I say, these things cost money. And in terms of affiliate, if you want to get people promote your products, which is a good idea, and we're going to talk about it in a second, we use iDev Affiliate, which I think is like $300 one-off. 
it's okay, but I would say it's aging a little bit. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, if I, if I was to rebuild everything today and we will refresh our stuff, I would actually use Thrivecart because they also have the affiliate platform built in and it's literally one click and it, because it's the shopping cart, the tracking is 100% perfect, right? It's not like I dev, for us, I dev affiliate has to talk to member mouse, has to talk to active campaign, etc. It's like, I have not seen an issue with it, but it doesn't feel as stable as just being one platform doing that. And that's why I like Thrivecart. It's also very simple to use. That's why I like it. So that is the tool section for people. Feel free to use something else. I know uh, we're not doing the promo for any of these. We're just saying what we're using and what we're trying. Now let's talk about scaling up by recruiting affiliates. I think one of the really exciting parts of building info products is having other people making sales for you and making money out of that. That's awesome. When you see people like literally selling you traffic, etc., it's great. And another thing that's really good about that is if you have a funnel that involves people opting in, so you don't necessarily have to have affiliates email your sales page. You can have affiliates email an opt-in page for a lead magnet, and then that goes into a sales sequence that sells the product. And if your affiliates emails that email that uh, opt-in page, it means that you're growing your email list. That means that as you keep blogging, as you keep you know doing other things on your website and running other business models, you essentially have a growing audience that other people are sending your way and you're paying them for that when they make sales. So it's good for everyone. It's a win-win, right? So how would you recruit affiliates once you have that? I would say first, if you started by promoting an affiliate product for like to test if it would work, well, find the other people that promote that affiliate product, whether by subscribing to a bunch of emails in your industry or by, you know, Googling the name of the product, that kind of stuff, and try to email these people and tell them, hey, I have a new product. I've actually gotten better results. Do you want to check it out? And probably you should email them when you get better results. So it might not be your first version. Second, one thing that can be cool is people that blog about whatever topic you're covering. So in the case of juicing, for example, we can find, you know, uh, we can literally Google hundreds of keywords. And that's one of these cases where we'd probably use Scrapebox, you know, and use a lot of the scaling outreach tactics we've talked about in a previous podcast and say, hey, you have these blog posts about juicing. We have this offer that has been very popular and has helped people, and we can pay you a percentage of the sales that it generates. Do you want to link to that at the end of your post, maybe? And a lot of people would be more than happy to make more money from their blog posts. And third, I would say, is like emailing people that have email lists in the industry. Like this one, some people might want to be affiliates, but some people might want to sell what they call solo ads, essentially like a sponsored email, and then you pay per click usually. So like they send you a thousand click, you agree on the, you know, $0.5 per click, then you pay them $500 and hopefully you make your money back. So that can be it. So that's basically all I had to say about creating and selling info products. That was all about selling info products. I think that's something more people should try, especially when they reach a little bit of a later stage on their website. Once they have the basic info content, when they have the basic email list, etc. And, you know, all these things are covered in HPro that we will be launching next week. So if you don't have that yet, it doesn't mean that you can't get there. Info products can be really good money. As I said, it can be the difference between quitting your job and not quitting it. The delayed gratification can be annoying at the beginning, but it's much greater gratification. So if you want to make good money, that's really powerful and it really boosts other parts of your business. As I said, if people send you subscribers and so on, it allows you to you know, do other things with it and, and essentially reach more people in your industry every time you do something. So that was it. Thanks for listening, guys, and we'll see you in the next podcast. 
Thanks for listening to the show today. Just before we finish up, I wanted to remind everyone of the free live training webinar we're running for you this Sunday, that Sunday 14th of May. We're going to be showing you a simple five-step formula to start and scale your own fleet of highly profitable authority sites. So if you like today's podcast, you will get a ton of value out of this free live training webinar. Um, To sign up, head on over to authorityhacker.com forward slash training. That's authorityhacker.com forward slash training. And we hope to see you there on Sunday.